Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that pokes its nose into every corner of the property world. Today we're concentrating on Europe's office workers and asking, what do they want most out of their office environment? The commute, the IT infrastructure and having a choice of workspace, the three categories that they said were most important. And how important is it for employers and landlords to meet those desires? The average lifespan of a job today on average is 4.7 years length of employment. Under 25s, it's only 2.5 years. That means they are changing constantly. So we have to keep ahead of the game all the time. I'm Guy Ruddle, and with me to answer those and many other questions are Jeremy Bates. He's head of Savile's Occupational Markets for Europe, the Middle East and Asia. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? Very well, thank you, Guy. Good. Katrina Kostik-Saman is head of Workplace Strategy and Design. She's the founder of the Workplace Consultancy and Design Studio KKS, which had just since last week, I think, has been part of Savile's. Congratulations. Welcome thank you very to the... much. We're really excited. Thank you. Welcome to the family. And Mike Barnes is an associate in the European Research Department and is one of the people behind the Savile's What Workers Want survey. Hello, Mike. How are you? Morning, Guy. Yes, um, very well. Thanks for having us. Let's start with you, Mike, because you're, as I say, you're part of the, putting together the What Workers Want 2019 survey report, etc. Just explain what it is and, and, and how you've put it together. Right, so uh, what workers want is our uh, workplace survey of around 11,000 respondents across Europe, and these are office workers, and we're asking them what they want from office space. Um, So this covers 11 countries across Europe, um, and this is our fourth um, what workers want survey uh, with UK results, but it's uh, also our first uh, what workers want survey where we're covering the European market, so all very exciting for us. And Jeremy, from your point of view, how important is it for employers and landlords and the like to actually know this stuff yeah i think this is a changing landscape throughout most of my career landlords and employers tenants have been at opposite sides of the fence landlords driven by capital returns and tenants around you know output productivity profits etc etc and there's a real tension at times a real conflict what this is doing is actually bringing an alignment through greater awareness Um, to both sides of that so that we're beginning to see behaviours where where landlords and employers, corporates, are listening very carefully to what workers want. And this all results in better businesses, in high levels of profitability, productivity, etc. And and actually something that will come on, no doubt, and talk about a bit more, health and well-being are really coming very high up the agenda of corporates today. And Katrina, as Jeremy says, we'll we'll get into the detail of it in a minute, but in, in terms of in an office, in a building, inside, are there sort of general principles that all employers, all landlords should follow, you know, to, to make it a nicer environment for their employees? There are many, many factors uh, to answer your question specifically. But as Jeremy stated, because landlords are now listening that the occupier has the voice, the occupier actually is driving what needs to go on. And our principle from designing inside out, you absolutely have to put yourself in the middle and the heart and the soul of the building that you're you're designing and provide the end-to-end resource. Um, Facilities management and property management is becoming hugely important and we're bringing that to the forefront and i guess that you know, that if it's becoming a, a a drive by landlords on on developers and on and on owners then presumably there's a drive to landlords from employees as well right 
Very much so. I mean, we ourselves have been involved in a hugely successful scheme here in London, Chiswick Park, where it, 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 the brand behind Chiswick Park is enjoy work. The whole principle behind it is what we're talking about. It's, it's creating a workplace where the, em, the power is with the employee. The employee, we found, first-hand experience, people choose to go and work at Chiswick Park and then choose the corporate that they're going to go and apply to work for. Really? That's really fascinating. Really? But really, really, truly. We've got evidence of that. We've done annual surveys over the last 17 years, and that's one of the things that we measure. But Katrina's other point is very valid. It's not just about aesthetics and physical delivery of what the landlord does. It's from that moment when the tenant, the employers move in with their workforce, how they manage those places going forward. Really important. So, Mike, let's let's get into the detail. Of, well, sort of the detail. I mean, you know, I've looked at this. There is a lot of detail. We're not covering all of it in the next 10 minutes, trust me. So, of the most important things for em, for employees what more than anything else do they want out of you know when when they're choosing where to work if they get to choose where they where they work the most important factors uh, that our our respondents uh, mentioned was actually it's getting the basics right it's making sure that they're comfortable in their workspace that there's good air quality that there's uh, sufficient lighting natural lighting but we expect these are standard and going beyond the basics what do we expect from the workspace and workers said the commute the it infrastructure having uh, good it infrastructure and having a choice of workspace were the three categories that they said were most important in the workspace Even a bear of very little brain like me, Jeremy, can work out that not every office building can be in the perfect location for commuting and for trendiness and, and whatever. You know, it just isn't possible for every office building to be in the same place. That just doesn't work like that. So, so how do you deal with that? So, I mean, one of the things about the results of this survey and others like it is that there is no one size fits all. There's a lot of talk throughout our uh, research paper about employees wanting greater choice, more variety, more control over their immediate environment, etc., etc. That has to be balanced with a degree of reality. So there is no one-size-fits-all. I think there's lots of things around choice and HR has for many years, probably a decade or more, been a much more um, important voice in corporate decision making around location and so forth. I'm slightly confused about one thing. I, I don't really understand when you say workers want choice. What, what do you mean by that? The, 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 once they've got an employee, you know, the, once they're working for someone, they're working for them. What, what, what do they want to choose? No, they're not anymore. The average lifespan of a job today, on average, is 4.7 years length of employment. That is astonishing fact when you realise that people not that long ago would, would sign up for life or sign up for 20 years. 4.7 years employed in one job across the average. Under 25s, it's only 2.5 years. That means they are changing constantly. So we have to keep ahead of the game all the time. Mm. And office spaces are competing with working from home, working in co-working, um, offices, workspaces. So, you know, there really is a lot more power too. We talk about war for talent. There's a lot more power to the employees than there has ever been. And and what we're trying to do in everything that we're doing, designing workspaces, selecting locations, is creating as much attraction for the employer as we possibly can. Yeah. Mike, you were nodding. Yeah, I think 
Well, we asked workers where they would like to spend the majority of their working time. Nearly 20% said they most want to work from home. They most want to spend the majority of their time working from home. And I, I think there's shared workspace, um, hot desking, breakout areas, even terraces that workers uh, feel they work most productively in and therefore should have the option to work in at the workspace. Yeah, so that, you've just used a really important word there, which is work most productively in. That's three words, but you know what I mean. Um, because, you know, I've been thinking about this as the sort of, uh, you know, the arms race for talent piece that we've, that we've mentioned that, you know, you're competing for workers. But actually, there's also, Katrina, the whole point point about once you've got them, making or helping them be as productive as they possibly can, right? Absolutely. So um, ultimately, at the end of the day, a business is, is in business to make profit. And to increase your profits and productivity, you need a happy office. To have a hap- happy office, you have to take care of yourself. To win the war on talent, you have to also uh, win the war on trust. And trust is today is all about personal, informal uh, communication, correspondence, uh, talk to one another. It's no longer show up and just go to your desk. It is, how are you today? How do you feel? Uh, Mental health is a huge issue in today's workforce that we've never actually seen before addressed. But how does office design impact on what that's the sort of stuff you're talking about now? So on the issue of mobility, um, whether they want to choose to work somewhere else or have their own dedicated desk, it should be up to them, not the employer. Uh, the home working should be, again, a choice. Um, I see a new trend, which I'm going to coin uh, foam working. Uh, home working married with everything on today's business is done on the phone. If you have the choice to work on the phone, at home, it's phone working. You can choose to have a dedicated desk. You could be in an office building. Most people we see actually do want to come to an office building. They do like to be with people. They do want to have the space to sit at a dedicated desk or, or somewhere else that they choose to. But most people do like human interaction. So let me just sort of summarise, because we're going to get on to the Savile standout statistic in a minute, because you've had an easy ride so far, and I'm going to put you under a bit of pressure in a second. But just to summarise all that and perhaps move it on very slightly, Jeremy, you were earlier talking about uh, health and well-being, and and, and I presume you mean mental well-being as as part of that as well. How big an issue is that in in, in terms of everything we've been talking about? Huge. Um, Huge in terms of people culture in um in businesses is really important one of the things so we say in here and no surprises at all that people with shorter commutes to work less costly commutes to work are happier that makes total sense but one of the gains of a shorter commute brings the opportunity for other physical means other than getting in a car on a public transport it might be walking running or cycling to work which brings all sorts of mental and physical health benefits so these things do actually quite logically fit together. So it's a really, really important part. And um, Mike, it's, you can't get away with a few bean, just a few bean bags. As a, you know, oh look at us, we you know, we care about our workers. Got bean bags and a pool table. That doesn't cut the mustard, right? No, exactly. Um, I mean, we're talking about environmental factors within the office building. You know, where we we mentioned air quality earlier is obviously very important. But there's, you know, plants greenery in the office, having colour inside the office. These are all factors that workers consider important. And we believe these are all factors that will increase their productivity as well. 
could talk all day about this actually and it's really interesting because everybody experiences it don't they you know it's a really it's a really important thing but we haven't got all day so we won't talk about it all day and we will do the Savile standout statistic now this is this thing where where you all have to come up with a little just a little nugget that makes people go oh that's interesting who uh, who wants to go first uh katrina why don't you go first? Um, well, there's there's two, if I might. Um, oh, two. We get two. I, I know. I'd, I'd like to ask if I could have two. So 10% of our workforce are what we call atypical or anormal, which means that they're somewhere on the autism spectrum. And I don't think that we're taking advantage of that or, or nurturing uh, the variety of types of people that we have now working for us. Um, and then the second fact, I think that only 15% of our workforce is fully engaged with their employer. And that equals $7, $7 trillion dollars worth of lost productivity so we have to do something i should see i've been a bit unfair on you two i've let katrina go first and she's nailed it absolutely nailed it was it mike why don't you go you you let's have your savile standout statistic yes i was going to talk about where people spend their lunchtime actually 46 oh. percent of british workers spend the majority of their lunchtime at their desk and that's that's double uh, the European average. So maybe there's an opportunity for uh, British tenants and, and, and workers to be considering, well, actually, what impact does that have on our, on our productivity after lunch, for example? Smell was also one of the factors that workers uh, were considered most important. And if you're, if you're eating hot food around colleagues, obviously, uh, that's uh, going to have an impact on, on, on their work as well. Um, but maybe we should take a lesson out of uh, perhaps Sweden, Norway, where they have uh, a high proportion of internal cafes, breakout areas uh, where workers uh, can meet at lunch uh, outside a working environment. Never fails. Jeremy? Well, I also, like Katrina, have two. The first one is uh, relates to age, actually. And 63% of the respondents aged over 55 years old are satisfied with their workplace against only 58% of respondents aged between 18 and 34. So I think it's quite interesting that we seem to get happier as we get older. Um, and the se- just, Well, hold on. We don't get happier. We just get less demanding. We become more realistic, don't we? Perhaps that's it. Yeah, Only. perhaps that's it. What's the other one? And the second one is there is a huge variance in this productivity stat. Countries that feel hot desking increases productivity. And the huge variance on the far left is Poland, followed by then a number of um, southern European countries, Portugal, Italy and Spain in particular, at over 55% of respondents saying that they feel hot desking increases productivity and lagging at the very bottom at just over 10% is the UK. So maybe in the UK, hot desking, um, which is much talked about, isn't the answer to increasing productivity. Fantastic. Thank you all for your wisdom. It's been absolutely fascinating, as usual. I really wish we could talk for more, but we can't. Thank you for being here. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is leave you thinking you need to know more, then you'll find loads more in the What Workers Want report on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. And if you aren't already a member of our growing band of survivors, subscribers uh, to Real Estate Insights, and maybe survivors, then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider. You can go backwards as well. You don't have to just listen to future ones. We've got all sorts of things back there from things like how e-commerce is radically changing the way we think about warehousing around Europe to why there might just be some light at the end of the house building shortage tunnel. In the meantime, thanks for listening. See you next time.
This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.